Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 276 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my suicidal co-hosts, Peter and Jake. Yeah, I feel like we needed to have more Italian names in there. Um, I mean, at, at best, it's going to be NRA. <laughs> Is it just all old women pulling up their fucking leotards? <laughs> well, you fucking name it the Moose Knuckle. So I imagine it's a bunch of fucking octogenarian Floridians with too tight pants. That's uh that's what uh what's her face? Uh AOC is going to get into after politics. She's going to open a Brooklyn sp- Brooklyn speakeasy and call it KOC. She's going to adopt a very bad southern accent. Greet people at the door. And it's 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 just a co-op. Everyone who goes there has to like wash a dish or work the fry line for five minutes before they can eat. I you mean waffles? It's a pair of the chicken. <laughs> yeah. yes we are being told by our legal team that we must inform you of that and once again say that if you or anyone you know 
is experiencing suicidal thoughts or has taken suicidal actions, please call the National Help Hotline to get the help you need or they need. Um, no, and this movie, uh, I mean, I don't know if shockingly is the right word. To, I mean, based on, uh, you know, the banner it flew, shockingly did not make me feel suicidal, but uh, not super, not super surprising given the uh, creative minds behind it. Um, it was good. I'd stop short of calling it great, but it was good. I mean, maybe, maybe DC EU movies. Uh, that's not a particularly high bar to clear, but <laughs> I could, I could make that argument. Yeah. Pay attention. Baby's first R-rated movie. Super. Oh, it'd be on uh, CW or whatever the fuck Warner Brothers owns. <laughs> yeah, there will be a whole generation of kids who have seen all of the Suicide Squad, but not in sequential order. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think it'd have to be too heavy. There have been several movies that had no business being on television that they somehow managed to get on television. I mean, it's so you don't even have to get the guys to dub in the lines anymore. Deep fake technology has gotten so good, you can make them say anything. Just give it to the nerds in the computer lab for 45 minutes and the whole thing's done. <laughs> I read I read today, right before we started, that uh, apparently, according to the studio, the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad did not test as well with audiences as the the cut that we got in theaters and if that's true i'd like to see these test audiences and assuming i'll take them at their word and assume that what they're saying is true like how bad was the other cut of the movie <laughs> yeah 
Yes, that's famously how they recut it. Well, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I remember what well, I remember hearing for the grapevine that originally they were going to use Steppenwolf as the bad guy for Suicide Squad, and then like they were writing Justice League at the time, and like, no, nah, we're not going to do Darkseid yet, so we need Steppenwolf. Uh, figure it out, and then. And I guess the, the David Ayer cut tried to make that work uh, in a more sensible way. And then they're like, nah, this isn't going to work. We need we need more pep because, you know, the critical reception for Batman versus Superman was coming in. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We need more pep. We need panage. We need, we need zest. Hey, remember the people who cut the trailer to Blitzkrieg Bop? Yeah, get them to do the whole fucking movie. It'll be perfect. <laughs> well, he was an EP on this movie. Yeah. That should be, like, their gimmick. They should just have a Snyder cut of every movie they put out, even if he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> just stick him in the editing room and have him cut up his own version. <laughs> Saturation knob down. <laughs> I don't think we called them boondoggles where I grew up. <laughs> I I don't know what but it was boondoggle has always in my life referred to a like government project that sucks up a lot of public time and funds. But I also grew up in Albany <laughs> where politics is inescapable. So <laughs> 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 
Oh, I'm sure one. We fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we did that sort of shit, but I, I mean, we probably did something that you would call a boondoggle. But we didn't go with that. Yeah. Is that macrame? <laughs> you ever take PVC pipe and load the end up with dirt and fling it at your friends? <laughs> Yeah, Trayvon, what are we, 20 minutes into the show already? 13! <laughs> Just now, starting Trey Watch. Trailer roundup and review segment. We make harsh judgments about movies that are never wrong. Ever. If you think they're wrong, then you misremember the episode and better check the tapes. And if the tapes confirm that we were wrong, then you clearly are living in the alternate timeline in which we can be wrong. So, find yourself a DeLorean and uh, get yourself back on track. To nowhere. The nowhere in. As in, nowhere in my mind can I tell if this is an actual person or this is just a completely fabricated character. But it's not like a real documentary. They have concert movies, yeah. Yeah, like Spice World. I... Yeah, it's, it's like... I would call it... Spinal Tap meets Black Swan. Oh, that's that's her her album. I saw I saw on top of her Wikipedia page Daddy's Home and I was like, she was not in that movie and that movie did not come out in twenty twenty one, but it's her album. She called her album that. Daddy's home? The album or the the movie? No, that's I love you, Daddy. Daddy's Home is the Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell family comedy. 
you said Dakota Johnson, and my mind only knows one actress named Dakota, and that's Dakota Fanning. And I was like, oh my god, she's naked in this movie? What? No, you're eight years old still in my mind, even though you're older than me. <laughs> Probably. Is she? Yeah, it feels a lot like Black Swan, where you're like, is she completely off the reservation, or is this shit actually happening? Does Mila Kunis exist? Was that lesbian sex scene just a wet dream? <laughs> she is... She is older than me by... Uh, seven months and one day. Three days, I lied. Um, yes. So... Yeah, but, like, I remember watching movies of her when I was eight, and, like, she was eight. It's like, oh, she's probably, like, actually older than me or whatever. But, no, she was just actually eight when I was eight. I would suggest not. <laughs> He's 91 years old and held together completely by hate. <laughs> Eight, 89. 80, yes. Don't say such hurtful things, Peter. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to the fact that I am closer to 30 than I am 20. It's giving me a little bit, gives me a little bit of an existential crisis. Nine eleven victims. I'm pretty sure it's already in the can, Peter. <laughs> They're just waiting to upload it to Netflix. I don't think this is all about first responders, though. I think this is about, like, just the people whose uh, people, daughters, husbands, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely... This is a, a different direction from uh, most Netflix trash that you see out there. This is... Uh, maybe it's just me, because something about 9-11 always, like, gets, you, gets me choked up. It's like it's, it's a hard. Oh, all the time. I basically lived in that museum for several years.
very well. Yes. It's honestly a better 9-11 museum than what they have down at One World Trade now. Um, it's, it's not much. It's, it's not like super touristy. Like, I mean, there's a shopping center, like in one of the buildings. So like, there's the tourist trap. But like the actual like reflecting pool and the little museum, Heidi hut, they have adjoining or tasteful. Uh, it's not like. I don't know, something really super, yeah, like gaudy. It's it's, it's classy and reserved. They ain't kids anymore, Peter. 18 years old now. I think some of it is kind of uh, on the nose, but I mean, this is a uh, not really something you can tiptoe around, you know, like the subject matter of this movie lends itself to being very blunt because that was that's kind of the whole crux of the movie is that this equation they had to compensate the victims, uh, the survivors, uh, the family members of the victims of 9-11 was very blunt and kind of like, okay, you're a number on a spreadsheet ignoring the human element of, you know, this great national tragedy. And I'm um, totally not stalling for time, waiting for one of our co-hosts to return, uh, who just fucked off in the middle of Trey Watch. Stanley Tucci. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> she was just offended. <laughs> I mean, that that seems kind of fair, yeah. I did say, oh, I have this virus that only old people get. <laughs> Do you have uh, what I've coined uh, corp- corpic dyslexia, corpo dyslexia, <laughs> where your age is just, your body thinks your age is flipped. So I'm 26, my body thinks it's 62. <laughs> I'm so scared of what they're going to find when I go in for my physical at the end of the month. I got stuff. It's just... (laughs) The knees haven't been as bad lately. But the lower back's been giving me more trouble than the knees lately. Maybe that's because I've been standing funny to take pressure off my knees for so many years <laughs> that now the lower back's starting to go. <laughs> hey, 
hamstrings, right? Yeah, I know. I, I'm not. I'm. I am a stupid man for knowing what helps me feel better, but still being too lazy to put in the literally just 25 minutes a day of stretching my hamstrings so my lower back isn't as tight. Like I feel better when I do it, and I know I feel better when I do it, but I just I can't bring myself to invest the time. Yes, I feel great after I do my yoga, but I don't do my yoga as often as I should. It's a scam, man. I'm telling you, because I started doing it junior year of college, and I felt fucking fantastic. It was the loosest I've ever been, best shape of my life. And then I kind of like got busy during senior year, and I stopped doing it. And it was like fucking all the oil was sucked out of the tin man and it's like this is a fucking scam <laughs> you keep doing it or else you break down <laughs> I mean I think they're called muscle relaxers just like the <laughs> the, the yeah, the top uh, top chiropractors are also working on prisoners of Ghostland. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's played one. <laughs> Is that a common thing of chiropractors? Notoriously bad memories. <laughs> Star of Mandy and Face Off and Willie's Wonderland. Well, uh, the main character from Willy's Wonderland drives into uh, a Japanese cut of the uh, Midsommar movie, um, and I think this—I think the cowboy is actually the same guy who was the owner of Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he, he likes the checks that they're giving him.
I'm trying to connect the dots with the red string. <laughs> right. All I know is there's a governor and a leather suit. Samurai town. Weren't you paying attention? <laughs> Probably. Ghosts, not ghosts of Tereshir. Um. Yeah, I've already... It's being screened places because I've seen headlines for reviews of it. I haven't uh, read any of them. Because when I, when I heard new Nick Cage movie, I'm like, oh, well, we're going to have to review that, I guess. No, the answer is that absolutely not. Here, listen to the name on this writer. Riza Siko Safi. He does not look like you think he would. Uh, that's an interesting interpretation. I don't know that I agree. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you had that sitting on the tip of your tongue uh, tells me a lot about you. Uh, and a different face. <laughs> Just really a completely different look, yeah.
That's, I mean, don't challenge the man. I mean, was it that bad? Like, it was bad, sure. But I don't think it was, like, humiliating by Nick Cage filmography standards bad. I mean, like, you're, you're putting it up against the Wicker Man. Like, there's no way he's proud of that. <laughs> Not the bees, huh? Was it a full year? I thought it came out in earlier 2008. Or maybe that was the sequel. Oh, okay, yeah. Ghost Rider came out in 20, 2007. Um, and then the sequel came out in 2011. Um, it was... I mean, yeah, like if you look at some superhero movies of the era, where this is based purely on IMDb score, you have uh, Ghost Rider had a five and five point three, um, and you have Fantastic Four at five point seven, Daredevil at five point three, Hulk at five point six. So it was kind of of the era. Um, in terms of quality. I mean, you had your X-Men and your Spider-Man. But there was really not a consistent direction to superhero movies that you could take a pretty obscure character. Like, Ghost Rider wouldn't have been anyone's, like, top bingo card pick as who's going to get a, a, a movie in uh, 2007. Although, I guess the same could have been said about Blade. Like, who would have had Blade as... That was also there. Well, I mean, I think you can also give credit to uh, Batman Begins for kind of changing the superhero game three years earlier. Um, Dark Dark Knight came out the same year as Iron Man. That was a good year for superhero movies. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Because, like, the fervor for it was at an all-time high. And I think that kind of, like, it gave Marvel the, the confidence to say, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go through with this plan. The second Hulk movie. Thank you. No. I don't... F no. Uh, the, the Ang Lee Hulk from 2003, which my father and I saw in theaters and... I don't, I don't, I don't rem, oh, <laughs> out of, out of nowhere, Ang Lee, um, I don't know, it sounds maybe, I'm working. Uh, uh, yes, he did do Life of Pi. <laughs> he is best known for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I actually like that movie a lot. Uh, Life of Pi, Lust and Caution, and Brokeback Mountain. And, yep. There in the middle is Hulk. Yes, The Incredible Hulk is the Ed Norton movie, uh, which they uh, recast with Mark Ruffalo for uh, reasons that they've never revealed, like why they never talk about why they recast Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle. Uh, I think that was the right move. Yeah, but they never, like, publicly Disney never publicly gave a reason for why they replaced him um, it was speculated on for years after the fact um, for millennia I've been left to rot in that cell did he voice the Hulk maybe They, I do like about that movie is they had Lou Ferrigno cameo in there. He was a security guard, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, they, they, well, yeah, he was. Stan, Stanley has a cameo in all Marvel movies. To that point, <clears throat> um, I should just fucking. Do the Grand Moth Tarkin and insert him into every Marvel movie. Stanley cameos from beyond the grave.
Yeah, we'll. Uh... It's probably going to wind up on the schedule at some point. What if storylines have always been interesting to explore? Um, That seems a little, uh, I don't know, like, well, obviously you're not going to be able to put all of them in. Well, Marvel has published what if stories, DC two, for decades. Like this isn't an original concept by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, I mean they've done it in, in TV shows. I mean to and video games to lesser. I remember. My first exposure to Marvel What If is there's a cheat code in the Spider-Man PS1 slash Dreamcast slash uh, uh, PC game. No, not that one. The uh, not the movie tie-in one. The uh, it was just called Spider-Man. I think it came out like ninety six, ninety seven, something like that, and. Uh, there was a cheat code that enabled the what if mode where it's just like a bunch of fucking weird shit on the screen. <laughs> kind of like represent what if this happened in this story? Um, like, for example, on the first level, like Ghost Rider fucking rides up the side of one of the buildings as it's panning along. And you're like, that's not supposed to happen. Um, but yeah. Well, no, it actually wasn't. I don't remember it changing anything about the game. <laughs> um, other than some visual stuffs. Alright, so I think that's it for trailers? Question mark? Alright, so... Um, Suicide Squad, number one spot this week. We'll talk about that later. $26 million. I think that's well under what they were expecting.
and what's his face? I think that was that was part of the lawsuit, right? And why they they paid out that big settlement was because they didn't really have an answer for that question when the actors started asking, "Hey, uh, how's this gonna work with our whole uh, contract here?" I'm sure they get some sort of bonus if it does X number of, or maybe like a portion of whatever subscriptions, new subscriptions it brings in and a portion of based on existing subscription numbers. Yeah. I mean, they have those kind of numbers. We don't have those kinds of numbers, but they do. Um, well, see, here's the thing is they're only going to release the numbers if they look good. If they don't look good, they're going to keep that shit under lock and key. Well, if it's a big, if it's like, if it does, like, say, if the Suicide Squad uh, brings in, like, 5 million new subscribers, or it's it's been viewed 100 million times... Like, something very impressive sounding like that. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, cock of the walk here. Look at how good this did. But, yeah, like, for for uh, stuff like, you know, how many views does The Simpsons have? Like, how much of a, like, leader in subscriptions is that? Like, finding their office, their version of the office is, uh, I'm sure, internal data that they have. That probably won't be shared. I don't. Isn't the MPAA strictly? Oh wow! And Netflix is part of the MPAA now. Members: Netflix, Paramount Pictures, Sony Pictures, Universal Pictures, Walt Disney Studios, and Warner Brothers. Well, wasn't one of their movies, like Roma or whatever it was, didn't that win or be nominated for Best Picture a couple of years ago? Michael Keaton? <laughs> no, it's Michael Keaton. <laughs> Walton Goggins is a real person. 
guess. Samba de amigo. <laughs> I don't know if like the the advanced analytics are are too much of a factor, but like yeah, total viewership and stuff like that I'm sure plays a part. So 2.8 million households, supposedly, U.S. households, uh, tuned in Friday-Sunday frame. Well, I watched this Wednesday, so there's there's some stragglers that are coming in, so... Well, the fact that they said households leads me to believe it's just... So is Samba TV, like, is, do they give them, like, a Nielsen box that monitors their streaming? Is a content recommendation viewership tracking application? So according to Wikipedia... Samba TV is a content recommendation engine and viewership tracking application designed for smart TVs. So I guess it is just kind of like a Nielsen box thing where it's baked into certain smart TVs. So if, if the Samba TV, if the TV being used to watch it is a Samba TV, they have access to these numbers. And I assume there's a decent enough attach rate to get statistically significant numbers here but i had never heard of them until today so who knows um jungle cruise falls off 
fairly hard. 54.8% drop. We will be taking a look at that next week, probably. Uh, $15.8 million. Uh, and 4,000 theaters. Old falls another 40% down to $4.11 million. Getting old fast. Ha! Uh, Black Widow remains in fourth amongst, amidst continuing legal drama. Uh, down uh, another 39.3%. Uh, Still Water down 45.5% from the last week and staying in fifth. The Green Knight slides down three spots from third to sixth. $2.59 million. Space Jam and New Legacy following one spot. Uh, down another 43%. I'm surprised it even had that much left to lose. $2.43 million. Uh, the domestic is catching up to the international. The international, as of right now, is showing as $70 million flat, which is kind of neat. Uh, domestic has reached $65.6 million. So $135 million worldwide. I think we looked up the budget. It was like $150 million plus advertising. So, yeah. But... did you hear he's like he's bribing he's uh bill gates is bribing congress to pass the infrastructure bill he's like i'll put it in 1.5 billion to these climate programs if you pass the infrastructure bill Yeah, they seem to have, like, a good thing going to. That one was kind of surprising. Like. Yeah, it was recent, like, a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> They're separate charities. It's like, I just fucking hate you now. Like, Jesus. And then they put on Scottish... They put on thick Scottish, Scottish accents and they made a Netflix movie about it. Um, and in eighth, Snake Eyes down 58.6% out of 1,400 theaters in just its third week. And being in the eighth spot, but it has the distinct honor 
of being this week's spotlight film, which, uh, you know, that's better than making $5 billion at the box office. Everyone says so. They tell me all the time, Kurt, being a spotlight film on the San Francisco podcast, better than any box office I ever made. Um, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. 2.5 out of 5 on IndieWire and 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, but we don't care what the pros say. Except I'm going to read the critics' consensus right now. Uh, no, don't, don't enable ads. Far from silent and not particularly deadly, Snake Eyes serves as a setup for the G.I. Joe franchise, thanks in no smart to, small part to... Henley Golding's work in the title role. Um, set up for the G.I. Joe This is the third fucking movie. We've entered the X-Men Origins phase of the G.I. Joe cinematic universe. That would not sound better, Shay. <laughs> People feel very strongly about their shitty cartoon from the early 80s based on Hasbro toys. Well, I mean, that one, I understand some of the pissed offness that they have because Kevin Smith did kind of lie to them. <laughs> um, but that's. That's what uh, what Kamigawa legend is this? <laughs> now that's from Kamigawa, man. Yeah. Um, so back to Snake Eyes. <laughs> I've got a ten out of ten from a real reviewer of real reviewer traits. Goes by the name Smajid zero seven eight zero three. Is that a zip code? Is that near me? I think that's in New Jersey. Um, I prefer this version of Snake much more. The movie starts out a bit rough, a little difficult to see the amazing choreographed action sequences. Well, if you couldn't see them, how do you know how amazing they are? As the movie progresses, it definitely gets better in terms of dialogue and action. This is definitely one of the best reductions of G.I. Joe in movie form. One of the best reductions of G.I. Joe in movie form. Okay. Can't wait to see what Paramount does next with this franchise. The movie's story is not going to win an Oscar, but that does not, I repeat, as in a positive, does not make this a bad movie. There are a few themes placed here, and they're, and they're but this is a... Oh, here and there, but there is they are. 
but this is a popcorn movie first and foremost. Two out of four found that helpful. Um, I love I love what when like the people who come out to defend the bad movie because they just like big stupid movies uh, don't know how to critique movies because it's not something they do often. So they just kind of like use phrases they see in negative reviews and try to like spin them around. <laughs> the dialogue is good. <laughs> yeah, it's. Sure. An adulterer? Scarred, I think he's there. Going for there. I think no. I think it is scared, as written is scared. I believe that's why he wears the mask. Someone got called toxic on Facebook and was really burned about it and decided to go to IMDb to clap back. I mean, even if he did know where he was going, there's a good chance I would have no idea. 
I mean, like... <laughs> Someone did not leave the cocaine in the 80s. You have to fact check that. It's tradition. Gone rogue made by ch Okay. He this man made an account to defend No, it's three weeks. This is week three for it and in theaters. This man made an account and posted a thoughtful review of the movie while waiting for his Uber. <laughs> All right. So I have Ayushi, 87. He's got a review of Snake Eyes, 9 out of 10. Amazing fighting choreography and cinematography. Why do we watch movies? I came into this movie without reading any review. I knew this movie was going to be good simply from the trailer. Snake Eyes has a mystery in the G.I. Joe franchise, his past, etc. Why he took a vow of silence. We didn't know the answers to most of these questions from the current movies. From start to finish, I was not disappointed with this movie. Each fight had careful and detailed choreography. The characters and acting were also great. So I'm not sure why people didn't like this movie. He put a question mark at the end of there. <laughs> Are you unsure of why you're unsure? Or do you know secretly? And you're leading me on. I'm not sure what they were ex expecting, but the movie is exactly what I expected. You know, he's got a fair point there. I don't know what people were expecting from Snake Eyes. The G.I. Joe movie. A franchise that when trying to make a serious action movie, had characters called Ripcord in it. <laughs> Probably because I am a G.I. Joe fan, so I already knew the story a bit. It was a great prequel. I would advise anyone to watch this movie with an open mind. Even if you don't know anything about G.I. Joe, I think this is a good movie. Two out of three found it helpful. You know, he's sincere. I'll give him that. He's sincere. He believes this is a good movie. Or she.
Precis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someone's got to axe the grind. I need more stability.
Who who was his vendetta against? Um, Snake Eyes was direct, directed by a guy named Robert Schwentke. I don't see Lorenzo accredited at all. Well, uh, at least, hold on. Okay, there we go. He is a producer. Yeah. I was looking at directed and writing credits. I had to scroll down to see producers. Uh, he's not an EP. He's just a producer. Well, EPs are, that's usually like a ceremonial title. Producer, that's actually someone who does something for the film. Uh, let's see, he has four brothers. G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, Transformers, G.I. Joe Retaliation on his, uh, on his uh, credits there. He's also a producer on McLean, the new Die Hard movie. I think this is Die Hard 19. Uh... That movie doesn't exist. I refuse to believe it. Yes. Yeah. Puppet Master the Littlest Reich. <laughs> no. Should I? Oh, right. A spoopy movie? Yeah. Alright, well, that's fucking Loren. Yeah, I mean, well, Doom 2005. Like, that's the best? Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> uh, They get stuff done like I don't know that they have a say but like yeah they well kinda um Kinda. Uh, producer, I've heard it described as they put into place the means to realize the director's vision. I mean, if you put a lot of money into it, you'll probably get a producer credit. Um, then I'm sure a lot of them do put up financial stake, but I believe there are uh, like... I'm just going off of like Star Wars commentary tracks here. <laughs> like uh one of the, they had a producer on the commentary track for Empire and uh you know the way he described his job is he like did a little bit of everything to make sure that the movie worked and like the machine of the like actual production kept moving. Um like he was talking about how I I guess the Rancor I guess would have been Jedi the rank or uh or maybe it was the wampa but it was like one of the one of the staff's like wiener dogs they made a recording of him and then like 
pitched it down. <laughs> and that's how you got either the Wampa or the Ranker. Right. All of Star Wars's production effects were insanely creative and innovative. Like, it broke all kinds of ground in special effects. And... Well, that's like the first movie that they ever used to, to describe that, because truly, like, no one did the kind of scale with miniatures that they did. And, like, honestly, the effects in the original trilogy look better than the effects in the prequel in many cases. I guess 50 mil. Oh my god. There's another. There's another movie called Snake Eyes. Starring our man Nicolas Cage. Yes. He, I, he plays a gambler. And Gary Sinise is also in the movie. Plays a military man. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Ooh, AC. No, absolutely not. Um, so the budget on Snake Eyes is estimated between eighty-eight and one hundred and ten million. Uh, Escape Room Tournament of Champions is a ninth on the chart here, one point three million dollars. F nine: The Fast Saga rounds out the top ten with one point two. Boss Baby Family Business. Outside looking in with seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. All right, let's check who's the Iron Man at the box office this week. It is the incredible twenty-fifth year of Mitzi Bearclaw, a movie that we've never heard of before, but apparently has been running for twenty-six straight weeks. Total gross. Um, uh, Ryan the Last Dragon is the uh, the next highest on the list. Yeah, that's like a fifth of their total theater count. <laughs> I I think that's million, <laughs> Jake. 
it's made a little more than 120. I mean, yes, you're correct. It's made that much money, but it's also made a lot more on top of that. I believe it was, yes. Well, it's like the whole... Like, Black Panther was the first movie we really took note of how long it was in theaters for, because it seemed to never go away, and it was always in the top ten because it made, like, a million dollars every week for 86 weeks. Uh, Every day, I'd be shuffling. All right. On to some gaming news. Uh, Nine Inch Nails guitarist Morgan Sorn. I'm sorry, Robin Finch and uh, Corey Davis, the uh, director of Spec Ops The Line, are teaming up to create a cosmic horror game uh, the game has not been titled yet, but the studio they formed is called Eyes Out. There's a uh, announcement trailer. Uh, the boys from Nine Inch Nails are getting into all sorts of stuff. I think the guitarist and Trent Reznor, the singer, uh, did the score for Soul, the jazz movie. <laughs> um... So now uh, I guess they're the, diversifying their portfolio even further with uh, video games. Cosmic horror, whatever that means. It sounds like GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas will be next on the remaster train. Uh, the best Grand Theft Auto games uh, ever made. The the ones based on the uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 engine. If you disagree, you're just incorrect. Um, they're being remastered for PC alongside modern consoles, reportedly. Uh, there's also rumors that they're coming to the Switch. This all comes from a new Kotaku report. Um, so I guess... Maybe it's not a rumor. Maybe it's, uh... Oh, yeah, I guess they have the scoop here. That Rockstar is planning to bring... Uh, them as a package trilogy. Which means that the remaster will be minimal effort. And probably just a... Re-rendering at <laughs> HD resolution. Um... I mean, it's not really... Well, I guess that is technically a remaster. Because remastering literally just means taking the original footage and mastering it to a different format or size. Um, I 
Yeah. Hat <laughs> <Head> off. So, uh, perusing both articles here a little bit, it seems like they're coming to uh, consoles October of this year, possibly, uh, and then PC and mobile ports might not hit the scene until 2022 in order to get the console releases out this year. Um so it's it, Kotaku's reporting it like they have the scoop, but they're missing a whole lot of information that you think you would have if this was something the company like wanted out there. So I mean, I'm not doubting they have an inside source at Rockstar, but they they didn't pump him full of as much informa- uh, pump him out of as much information as they seemingly could have. Uh, those of you looking forward to PAX Australia this year, uh, get fucked. (laughs) It ain't happening. Um, I think their borders are still closed, so having a festival coming in. Crawl in the wombat hole, Morty. Which um, bad news, Valheim fans. Your favorite foods are being nerfed. <laughs> they were to, to so tasty. Uh, the food system is getting some interesting changes in the upcoming health and home update. Valheim developer Iron Gate Studios released a short video to ease players into it. Uh, notes are that foods in Valheim vary, but they all do some combination of increasing your max hit points, multiplying your healing rate, and boosting maximum stamina. On the rework system, foods will fall into three categories. There will still be foods that boost both health and stamina for a balanced meal, but many food items will heavily favor one or the other. Oh, so it's balancing. I see. 
Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, you have to walk a fine line with survival mechanics like that. Like, you want it to be balanced and not just have people make, like, all the best thing. Um, Like, have there be a clear best thing for every situation. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want it to become obtuse to manage. Um, there was a canceled Power Rangers game that would have been a co-op brawler, uh, similar to Arkham Rangers, which is, or not Arkham Rangers, uh, Arkham Knights, I think it is, which is the one that's coming out, uh, next year? I don't remember when that was supposed to be coming out, and it's probably been delayed, because that's what happens to the games these days. They get delayed. Uh, but there's a pitch for an Arkham-inspired Power Rangers brawler that would have let you team up with pals and take on ho hordes of costumed cretins. Hopefully Babe Ruthless and the Pumpkin Rapper amongst them. Uh, one of the licensors behind the project revealed this weekend. Then at Power Rangers production company Sabin, Jason Bischoff took to Twitter, share details, and concept art for a game he had pitched internally called Project Nomad, hoping to capture the history of the franchise in a new lens. So the game would have seen countless variations of the Ranger team beat up villains and a brawler heavily inspired by the Batman games. Ooh, concept art looks pretty sick. Although I will say I don't care for uh tray of or the gold range gold zero gold. Don't care for his uh rework. I think that's Ninja on the right in that picture. I don't think it's Billy. Um, yeah. uh, concept art posted through the thread. Just... Okay, yeah, so that's definitely not Billy because there's Billy in another uh, screenshot here. Um, that, 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 uh, so... I'm kind of sad that this got canceled because it seemed like it would have been right up my alley. The only thing. So like this is. I don't like this at face value. However, I said the exact same thing about Ben Schwartz and was presently surprised by him and his Sonic. So I will hold judgment until I see it. However, they can easily curry favor with me by having a scene where, like, Sonic tells a corny joke and he's giggling and Jason Marsden's giggling and they turn to Knuckles, who's not laughing at all. He's stone-faced. And they kind of stare at him, and he's like, I don't chuckle. And that, that'd be it. That's all I need. And then at the end, during the post-credits, over the credits, I need Idris Elba, because he fancies himself a rapper, to do the, the Knuckles rap. 
All of them. All of them. Like, all, all of the fucking rats from Sonic Adventure 2, and and all the ones from SA1. <laughs> He's done a he's done a bunch. I have to I can't I, I seem to remember hearing his voice a lot in some show that we that we might have watched. Um I guess he did Does cats count? Does cats... Can I filter by voice on IMDB? Oh, he was a, he was a character in Finding Dory. Voiced a character in uh He was he was truck in Modern Warfare 3. Uh I mean, he's he's no nonsense, and he takes care of the little onion people. I love Chow. So I guess he hasn't done a lot of voice work. Scrubbing through his... Uh... Well, I really don't know what to expect from this movie. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. That's an hour... Oh, okay. Good. I've made a few angel, devil, and chaos chows in my day. Because that's you got to do that, or else they die, and it's sad. But they can re reincarnate. Um. Oh yeah, I guess I'm in the 1% then. Because I, I guarantee you there's nothing in this video that I don't already know. <laughs> yes. Dude, I brought him for speed. <laughs> I was going the distance. <laughs> Actually, I brought him for swimming a lot. Because those were the shortest uh, events. 
so you could get your coins faster and buy more chow fruit uh, to make better chows faster. And you just kept going in an endless gameplay loop with no real reward. With <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, amazing. Like the fact that the Suicide Squad didn't suck. I actually have I have a Google Doc of notes that I'll bring up now while you guys do. It's a breath of fresh air for DC for sure, but this was R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy. He has his style. Uh, that, I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with that. It just felt very familiar watching it, is, is all I'm kind of saying. Yeah. Who I guess is in the James Gunn stable of actors, because he was in Guardians 2. <laughs> I think voice for Weasel 2. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that, like, it's a... He's not going to win an Oscar for his voice work as Weasel, but <laughs> he made the snarls and the growls. I think he made the... He just made the... sound. I'm, I'm sure they did. They just wanted to get him the credit. <laughs> Keep his SAG membership intact. Boy needs health insurance.
they did kind of they did more to limit the exposition. Like the characters aren't. I don't think anyone's going to accuse them of being uh, super well developed, but they did enough. Yeah, it, I mean, he took the James Gunnian, I guess, approach to character development, which is you have one character that you kind of focus on and follow, and then you don't necessarily show a ton about the backstory of some of the more supporting characters, but you just develop their personality through their interactions with the other characters, which is not a bad way to do it. Um I did like, I liked how they played his character, um, like, kind of meta, where, like, you're watching it in the beginning, right up until he has the scene with his daughter, and you're like, oh my god, this is the same shit as fucking Deadshot, they're doing the exact same character again, and then he, he like, has a shouting match with his daughter and if you remember fucking Deadshot was all like oh I'm a good family man I'm trying to just trying to provide for my family and then he he loved his daughter and then Idris Elba and his daughter have like this shouting match I'm like okay that's some good subversion of expectations well I, I'm praising it Jake I'm saying this <laughs> Yeah, this was also like a minor celebrity cameo dot movie <laughs> with some of the uh, some of the goon squad. You know, you had guys like Nathan Fillion and, and well, I mean, I guess he's not a minor celebrity, but uh, Flula and Pete Davidson. Uh, you're like people, people you recognize, but you're like, oh. I see you're still working. I see. I see. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, but it's <laughs> and it's not necessarily their fault, but like you don't. I at least didn't see like the character that was supposed to be playing. I just saw the actor. <laughs> Yeah. It was all right, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'd say they did better than they've done in the previous efforts, but I still don't really like her Harley Quinn that much. I think the bloom is off the rose for me, at least. Yes. Okay. That's a look, yes. I don't know if that's who I think of when I think Harley Quinn fans. I think, I think you know, sexually frustrated, tape on the glasses, inhaler, slightly overweight, Cheeto dust on the fingers, uh, flipping through the comic books at the uh, at the store. They're like, I like Harley Quinn. Ah.
Or you were. Elaborate, yeah. <laughs> I well, I mean, to be fair. Just pulling straight vodka out of your water bottle, that's that's a rough rough ask. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else I have here. Um, some of the makeup effects looked a little cheap. Uh, I thought, I just, or maybe a little exaggerated. Like, Michael Rooker, the prosthetics they had on him to make him look older, those were pretty rough looking. <laughs> Uh, and I guess some of the costume design, I mean, maybe part of it is to look cheap. No, he had some prosthetics on. Yeah. It was I think it was in some ways kind of a parody of 80s ensemble action movies. Um like it paid homage to it. it didn't like steal any like notes to it. It wasn't a tribute in the way that like Black Dynamite's a tribute to black exploitation films. Yeah. I mean, that's what they said in the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
It was very, very, it was shouted, in fact. It was sh- Uh, yeah, we can get into spoilers. Yeah, um... I mean, it's, uh... It's the right character for him. He doesn't have really any range but he can play he can play the character he plays well enough uh both serious and uh comedic but uh he can't do much else but if you utilize him correctly it's like it's like schwarzenegger you put him in the right role he's great but no one's gonna colonel schwarzenegger a great actor (laughs) Yeah, I thought he was good. Um, I I don't know if it was just kind of like the the mindset I was in watching this, but a lot of the humor, like, it wasn't bad, but I don't I didn't find this movie overly funny. I mean, there were, like, uh, what's this? The Polka Dot Man. Like, all his scenes cracked me up. Especially when he died. I'm like, that is the fucking perfect way to wrap up his character story. Um, But, like, some of the things that I could see were, you know, being played for laughs. I'm like, eh, I guess that's kind of clever, but it wasn't, like, chortle-inducing. The banner overall was good. Um, like, like I'm not saying any of it's bad. I just personally, I didn't attach with it as much as you two seem to. Uh, oh yeah, you. No one likes to show off except what they're showing off when they're showing off, what they're showing off is dope as hell. <laughs> he's, he's fucking right. I did appreciate how they paid it off, yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just Ratcatcher. They did it with one of the other guys, didn't they? <laughs> like, they did it more than once. Where they had, like, uh... A... 
you don't have to really like it's the suicide squad you're bringing in a lot of characters that are like I don't even know if they're in the comics that's how obscure they are <laughs> no one's gonna be upset if you don't thoroughly explain Polka Dot Man's backstory, if you just have the sad sack serial killer that shoots polka dots, that's that's enough character for him. <laughs> when he had his little recount, yeah. Everywhere. I'm glad I'm glad that's the one you were talking about because the one at the end where where the fucking starfish turns into his mother was not nearly as good. Was <laughs> including the shark. <laughs> <laughs> So it turns out when Zack Snyder isn't trying to push his edgelord fan fiction on everyone, Warner Brothers can put out a good superhero movie. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I guess I like I can't escape the comparison between this and Guardians of the Galaxy. Like they're they're structured so similarly. Um, so yeah, in in that comparison, it's it's easy to say yes. This is kind of like they they stole some Marvel magic by getting a guy fresh off of Marvel's uh line there for their uh their movie here their ensemble superhero movie they got the guy who directed marvel's ensemble superhero movie I don't know that I'd consider these characters to be any deeper than Guardians characters. <laughs> well, one note is a is a reflection of depth of character, typically. 
sure. I'm surprised I'm surprised any of them made it out, to be honest with you. I thought they all would die. By the by the middle when they started killing off a large chunk of the characters on the main cast, the guys you would think would have plot armor, I'm like, okay, so they're all gonna die here. Um I don't, I have no idea. I, I can't see her stepping away. I mean, she seems to have fun playing the character. I honestly, of all of DC's cinematic characters right now, her Harley Quinn's probably the most marketable. Um, Partially because there's no consistency to who's playing Batman or Superman anymore. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's, I mean, yes, but, uh, it's not competition in the same... They're not competing in the same market space. Because the movie crowd is different. At least a partial... I'm sure there's overlap. We overlap. But it's... It's a little bit of a different audience. Um... Well, I feel like in some respects, one inspired the other. Um, yeah. Avi Plaza is just like I feel like I feel like Aubrey Plaza is is best when she, her character can be weird and Poison Ivy in the show isn't weird so much like she's the most normal character on the show in terms of temperament um I don't know that I see that. Bring her in for an audition, sure, but... 
let's let's not hand the role to anyone, okay? Let's have an audition. <laughs> I mean, well, you can just put Tilda Swinton in anything. You could have Tilda Swinton play Bloodsport, and it would have been just as fine. <laughs> she's she's like a fucking ditto. She can take on any shape. She and Gary Oldman are like fucking Hollywood ditto. Just throw them out there. They turn into anything. <laughs> Wasn't that a rumor at one point? <laughs> that feel yeah, I mean it feels right enough for me to think that that was discussed at one point in time. <laughs> Um, like, uh, it's, it's a fine movie. There's good interplay between it. It's probably, I mean, it's on the short list. Definitely. It's number one or number two for best DC EU movie. Um, that's not exactly the highest. That's kind of damning it with faint praise a little bit, but, uh, it's, it's a good movie. I, I would start short, a stop short of calling it great, as I said at the top of the show. Um, but that's kind of just my opinion. I get the sense that there are people who, who for whatever reason, uh, you know, this movie connected more with them than it did me. I don't. I don't even say I disliked this movie particularly. I just, I don't know. It was, it was a fine watch, but it's not anything I'm going to rave about. I had seen Batman versus Superman at that point. I wasn't expecting anything. Yeah, but hopefully <laughs> makes enough money at the box office for them to be like, hey, this was a success because that $20 million opening weekend's kind of disappointing. Wait. It's not going to be Black Widow. It's it's an R it's an R rated superhero movie. 
for as much dead money as Deadpool made, it was never going to beat Captain Marvel, you know? You just buy a ticket to another movie and uh, sneak into the theater that's showing You have to be careful, though, because uh, there, there are times where we had planned to do that, but, like, the only other movie playing at that time was, like, a romantic comedy for middle-aged women. And it's like, yeah, they're not going to buy that. We're all going to see that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've i never had a ticket checked in a movie theater. Because most of the time, it's just disgruntled teenagers working at movie theaters. They don't give a shit. I think it was, sir. Yeah. I mean, there was nudity in it. <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that would be us. That would... <laughs> mm. I mean, that's amateur hour shit. <laughs> this is not my beautiful wife. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as Peter dies, we will close the show. Um, be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoyed the show. It helps us out tremendously. That's the easiest way you can support the show. If you're feeling so compelled, you can uh, 
I think there's a donation link in the description of every episode. Um, no one's done it yet, so I don't know if it works. Or maybe they have tried. Yeah. Um, you can also visit <laughs> visit sirenstuds.com for links to our YouTube channel and Twitch stream, which is twitch.tv backslash sirenstuds. We have a Twitter account also at studsaturn. Um, so you can follow us on all those platforms and uh, share and, and whatnot. Whatever you kids do these days with the interweb. Um, and until next time, be well, stay safe, and party likes 1995.